Well, hey, welcome. Pastor said there was a surprise. Surprise. I hope it's not too disappointing for you. Uh, I hope you can tune in. But I'm so excited to be able to share a message, message with you on what is week 11 of Church Online. I can't believe how time has gone so fast. And we're already 11 weeks since we, since we last met. But hey, the countdown is on. We're only three weeks away before we can actually get back together and have church in the same room. Not, not get back together and have church. We've been having church this whole time, but I'm so excited to be able to get back in the same room and be able to worship with you. It's going to be a good time. But hey, before I jump into the sermon, I got a little bit of time. I'm, I'm in front of the cameras this week. So let, let me take just a second and say how proud I am to be a part of the team that's been bringing you church online this whole time. There's some people behind these cameras that, that, that you would have never known were behind the cameras. Some people that, that had joined the Dream Team during the middle of COVID season. And I want to say how proud I am to have, be able to serve alongside them and bring you this great church experience the whole time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, but just three weeks and we get to get back together. And I'm so, so excited about that. But hey, I, want, I wanted to bring you a message today around the topic of renewed passion. A renewed passion. You know, during the, the season, during, during the COVID season, I've started to notice uh, uh, the curve, uh, you know, that's a timely phrase, the curve of people's habits and their response to staying at home and, and being quarantined at home and working from home and all this. At, at the beginning of it, everybody was excited about it. I heard people saying, you know, this is such a good time to be able to spend time with my kids and, and just slow down. And, and everybody was making bread for some reason, you know, doing all these things. There was a lot of home workouts that was going on. It, it was, everybody was making the most of the time. But as we've kind of gone along the curve, all of a sudden people have decided, you know what? Like I've eaten all the bread I could possibly eat. I've watched all the Netflix I could possibly watch. I want to get rid of my kids. And they're just kind of over the, the season. Uh, but, you know, in this season, there's a, there's a, we could have easily slipped in or out of some habits. Maybe there's some habits that you had had going, you were starting, maybe, maybe you were starting to work out. Uh, you had just begun the process of trying to create a habit of working out before COVID. And then your apartment decides to shut down all of the amenities. That is the reason that you, you know, lease the apartment. I'm not bitter about that at all. Uh, and then you decide, you know what, I'm just not going to work out out of bitterness and out of spite. And you just put on a lot of weight. Um, but you, you slid out of a habit. You were starting to create a habit, but you, you kind of just slid out of it. Maybe you start to create some new habits. Uh, we, we do a dream team uh, Zoom call right before these services start. And I started to notice something. There was, there was some people that I thought were really morning people because I would see them at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. for load-in every single morning. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I don't know that they're morning people anymore. They're kind of wiping the sleep out of their eye at 10 a.m. And they've, they've kind of slid into a new habit. People that I thought were morning people, all of a sudden, they're, 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 they're not so much morning people. Or, or maybe, maybe on a serious note, maybe, maybe you started a Bible reading plan at the beginning of the year and you were going strong. But as this happened, as you started to stay at home, you know, it was kind of nice to sleep in. And it was kind of nice to sleep in and then just wake up and, and go straight to, to binging that show that you were watching on Netflix. And you, before you realize it, it's been a couple of weeks and, and you haven't even opened your Bible. But, you know, we could easily slip in and out of some habits. And if we're not careful, uh, our lives can easily begin to wander away from purpose and down a path of distraction. 
We can wander away from the purpose, the, the things, the, the things that we live for each and every day, our routine and where we were going. And we can start to wander down a path of distraction. We're creating habits. And today I want to talk to you about renewing your mind back toward the things of God. Today I want to challenge us to renew our passion for God's purpose. Romans 12, Romans 12 and 2 says it like this. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is in your life, his good and pleasing, perfect will. Do not conform to the the situations around you, the circumstances that you're in, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want us to, to challenge us today to be able to renew our minds, our habits, our focus back to the will of God so that, so that we can see him moving in our lives, so, so we can see the, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Come on, somebody, that's pretty good. I would type a little bit of amen to that. But hey, if, if you want to know that somebody's mind is renewed, all you got to do is start realizing that, that they're, they're, they started to care about things that they never cared about before. Maybe you've been saved for a long time and, and you kind of forgot about that feeling, but kind of go back with me to whenever you first were saved and all of a sudden you started caring about some things that, that you never cared about before. All of a sudden you started to kind of rearrange your schedule and church became a priority. All of a sudden you started inviting people at your workplace to church with you and wanting them to come and, and thinking about the people that are maybe down and out or, or kind of down in a valley of their life. You started thinking about those kind of people. You started caring about things that you never cared before because your mind was renewed. Your mind was renewed. It's similar to when, when someone who has been single for a very long time, all of a sudden becomes not single anymore. All of a sudden, you know, they were single and, and they kind of, you know, their, their wardrobe was a little bit just like sweatpants and, you know, just athletic gear all the time. Uh, and then all of a sudden they just start showing up and they got cologne on and, you know, they're wearing a sweater with a, with a collared shirt and some, some nice loafers and stuff. That may have been me not too long ago. All of a sudden I, I had a renewed passion. I, I met somebody and I had a renewed passion and, and now I got the ring to prove it. Uh, but, but I renewed my focus on what was important to me. All of a sudden I started caring about some things that I had never cared about before. Because my mind was renewed. Now, now, if we want to know what a renewed mind really looks like, we got to know what a, an unrenewed mind looks like. What an unrenewed mind looks like. An unrenewed mind produces selfish spirituality. An unrenewed mind produces selfish spirituality. It's all about me. It's about what I can get out of it. It's about how can you feed me? How, how can I get something out of this church service? You, you, you walk in to, to, to a service or a project seeing how, it, how it's going to benefit me. But a re, an unrenewed mind, that, that's what it produces. It produces a selfish spirituality. And an unrenewed mind can easily get so deep uh, that our spirit, in our, to our spirituality that we forget that Jesus left us on mission to spread the gospel and build his church. What if in the middle of a pandemic, God is trying to say, I, I don't want you to go back to just having church. I want you to be the church. What if in the middle of all this, God is trying to say to us, you know, you can have a good church service. That's great. I love it. 
But that church service, there's a deeper purpose to it. I need you to be the church. There's people around you that need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the good news. Where there is darkness, I need you to help me bring light. I don't want you just to go back to having church. I want you to be the church. What if, what if God is trying to tell us like he told his disciples in, in the book of Matthew he, when he said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's a harvest before you. There's so much opportunity before you, but the key is, is that the workers are few. Are you going to go into the harvest fields? An unrenewed mind says, it's about me, but I want to challenge us today to renew our minds on the purpose of God because this is, this is the proof, the proof of a renewed mind. If you're asking today, what, is a, what does a renewed mind look like? The proof of a renewed mind is a renewed passion for God's purpose. The proof of a renewed mind is a renewed passion for God's purpose. Come on, church. What, what if we started to move from, from one season into the next with, with a, a passion for God's purpose in our life? There's three areas that I think that we need to focus as we step into a next season, only three weeks away before we get all gathered back together to have church. There's three areas, I think, for us as a church, us as individuals, that we need to renew our passion on. We need to have a renewed mind on. The first one is a renewed passion for community. A renewed passion for community. During this season, many of us have kind of stepped away from busy schedules. You know, before, before all this happened, before quarantine hit, a lot of us, we, we prided ourselves that our schedule was full. That it was full, full to the brim. We didn't have extra time here and there. We kind of, you know, use that term like, man, I've just been so busy as a, as a badge of honor. It's kind of like a, the default that you go to. Somebody asks you, how, how, how have you been? And you're like, man, I've just been so busy. And, and in this season, it's kind of been stripped away from us. Some of those, some of those things that, that we always clung to, the, the, the going and the, the always on the run uh, to, to, to kind of disconnect from other things and not address certain things. All of that's been stripped away from us. And all of a sudden we started to realize, man, there's a priority of community that, that I was missing, that I, wanna, that I wanna get back in my life. I, I wanna spend some more time with my family. I wanna make sure that I'm putting value on the right people in my life. You know, I want us to have a renewed passion for community. Ecclesiastes 4 says it like this. I think this is such a beautiful way that Ecclesiastes says it. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son or brother. There was no end to his toil. He worked all the time. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of so much enjoyment? This, this too is meaningless. It's a, it's a miserable business. I've, he's saying, I've worked so hard. I've done so much. I've always stayed busy. I'm always moving on to the next goal, the next agenda, and the next thing. But what am I doing it for? Who, who am I doing it for? Because I look around and there's, there's nobody around me. This is meaningless. I'm robbing myself of enjoyment. I have all this wealth in front of me and I can't even enjoy it. He says, this is a miserable business. And I think we've all been there sometimes where we've had our schedule so busy, so full to the top that we look around and we say, man, this is, this is just miserable. 
I'm doing some stuff I loved. I'm doing some stuff that I was so passionate about. But I've, I've put so much on my plate that I had no time to be able to connect with people around me. I had no time to be able to prioritize time with God. But I'm telling you, we need to renew our passion for community. It goes on to say that, that two are better than one because they have a re- good return on their labor. That if either one of them falls down, one of them can pick the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one there to pick them back up. Though, there may, there, they, that no, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands cannot be quickly broken. I think God's trying to tell us in the middle of all this, I'm telling you, God works. If we believe God is a God that works all things together for our good. I believe that God can use a pandemic, something that I don't think he created this. I don't think he designed this. I don't think he wanted this. But I do think that in the middle of this, he could speak to our hearts. And I want him to be able to renew a passion for community in my life. We need people around us. We need people in our life that can speak into our life, that can celebrate with us when we win and be there for us when we're down. Somebody that can pick us up whenever the going gets hard. We need people in our life. Me and my wife were talking about this the other day about how we're both kind of homebodies. We're both introverts. I like to say I'm a social introvert. She's just like an introvert. And, uh, but we were both talking about how in this season, you know, it was kind of nice for introverts because you, you can stay home, you can be a homebody, you can, you can do a, watch a lot of shows and TV, and it, it's just really good for an introvert. You extroverts, I'm sure it, it, it's really killing you, but for us introverts, it was good in the beginning. But at a certain point, quarantine and isolation is even too much for an introvert. I hope that in the middle of all of this that we can see we need people around us. We, we need to quit isolating ourselves, walking into our, parking our cars in our garages, walking into our houses and never saying hi to our neighbors. You may have a weird neighbor. You may want to stay away from them, but we need to get community around us. There's so much power. That's why we talk about small groups so much here at City Hills Church, because there's power in community. You need people that you can be real with, that you can be honest with. And so I'm calling us today as individuals, as a church, to renew our passion for community. Renew our passion for community. And then the second thing I want us to, to focus on, re, renew our minds toward, is I, I want us to renew our passion for unity. A renewed passion for unity. You know, we're stepping into some stuff as a church. We're making some moves, a lot of which just kind of happened in the middle of all of this. Things shifted in our lives, in our world. And we're having to step into some stuff. But I believe right now, more than ever, we have to fight for unity. We have to fight for unity in our church, but we also have to fight for unity in our families, in our workplace, in our communities. Just because somebody's different or or there's have different opinions doesn't mean that we can't be united. You know, you can disagree and still be kind to somebody. You know that you can have a different opinion and still love somebody. That is possible. And I think today more than ever, we need to fight for unity in our lives, in our churches, in our families. We need to fight for unity because did you know that the greatest scheme of the enemy The greatest scheme of the enemy, I don't like to give him too much credit, but the greatest scheme of the enemy is divisiveness. He wants to come in and divide. He doesn't have to get you to to commit some big outlandish sin, whatever that might be. He doesn't have to get you to do that. All he has to do is divide you from the people that God's put in your life. 
He just has to separate you from, from the community and the people that he's put around you and, and start making things seem like, you know, that people don't agree with me. And, and it's, I don't understand why everybody else won't, won't see it the way I see it. We have to fight for unity. Have you ever wondered why, why sometimes your, your marriage can get so difficult? Because that's the enemy's plan is to divide you for you not to agree on something. Have you ever wondered why you hit so much adversity sometimes in, in trying to start a business with good Christian morals and ethics? Because the devil is trying to divide you. He's trying to bring in divisiveness. And we got to fight for unity. Uh, Jesus says this in Matthew 12 and 25. He says that a household divided against itself will not stand. If we're divided, we can't stand. If we're divided in our families and our business and our church, we're going to fall. We got to be united now more than ever. But, but the problem oftentimes uh, when it comes to unity is that we forget that unity starts with you. I know that's a little cheesy. It's a little cliche. But it's really true that unity starts with you. It starts with you. You know, I, I would be united with my wife, but, but you just don't know my wife. You know, I, I would be united in my workplace, but you, you just don't know my boss. I, I want unity on my team, but you just don't know my team leaders. I, I, I want unity in, in my small group, but you just don't know the people that are in my small group. And that, that could be true. That hit a little close to home for some people. But, but the problem is, is that you're thinking that unity starts with everybody else. But unity starts with you. Unity starts with me. It's my responsibility. Unity. We have to fight for unity. You know, there's, there's a small group of people that were at City Hills on September 25th, 2016. That's the day we launched. And there's a few people that are, that are still part of City Hills from that very first group. And those people have a special place in my heart. And here's why. Because over the years, those people, probably so many more times than I could ever even imagine, have had to lay down their preference for the sake of unity. They've had to lay down how they would enjoy things happening, how they would prefer to see things going, the songs that they would like to hear, the preaching they would like to hear, where we're meeting, because we've gone from all over the place. But they've had to lay down their preference, and they've done so for the sake of unity. And I love those people. I love people like the De La Trinidad's, the Boyd's, the, the Flores's. I can name so many more. I shouldn't have named names because some of y'all are going to DM me, but don't DM me. There's a lot of people, okay, that are in that group, but they've laid down their preference for the sake of unity and I think we need to follow that lead you know I want to ask you this question and I, I debated on whether or not to say it because it kind of stings it stung me whenever I thought of it but if everyone in our church behaved like you would our church be stronger or weaker would our church be stronger or weaker if everybody in our church behaved like you if they they bought in like you if they if they served like you if they were generous like you and I'm not saying that to, to kind of point a finger. I'm saying that so that we can look in the mirror and challenge ourselves. God's calling us on mission. And we need to come together united so that we can go into the world and spread the good news so that people can know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We have to fight for unity. Come on, that's good. That's good stuff. And then the third. So we, so we, have, we want a renewed passion for community, we want a renewed passion for unity. And then third and lastly, we need a renewed passion for availability. We need a renewed passion for availability, making yourself available for the will of God. 
We referred to it earlier, but in Matthew 9 and 37, Jesus looked to his disciples after they had been out uh, traveling and he had been preaching to crowds and crowds of people. And I imagine that the disciples were a little tired, a little worn out at that point. And Jesus looks to them and he says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You see, the harvest was never in question. The harvest is there. The opportunity is before us. The question is, are we willing to get in the field and actually bring in the harvest? Are we willing to get our hands a little dirty and be available and say, here I am, God, send me? That's the question. The harvest was never in question. The question is, will we get in the fields and bring it in? Will we be the workers? We have to have a renewed passion for availability. Jesus is saying that that the harvest is not the question, it's a, is the, the workers are the question. I remember the, the first couple months of our church, there was a girl, she had moved to San Antonio. She was going to university and uh, she started coming to our church and she came up to me and she said, you know, I just really feel like, you know, I just, I just wanna be used by God. I just wanna be used by God. And you know, in the beginning of a church, you're willing to have people be used by God. You're looking for people to be used by God. She's like, I just feel like, you know, I've been here for a few months and I've, I've kind of been in the background and, and, but I, I just, I feel like I haven't been used yet, but I'm, I'm ready to be used. And, and I was just thinking, man, we really need some people on our kids team. We, we need more people to raise up that next generation of world changers. Come on our kids team. They're not just babysitters. They're raising next generation world changers. And we needed people on that team. And I remember bringing that to her and she goes, Oh, you know what? kids just aren't my thing. Just kids. I want to be used by God, but I just don't want to be used that way. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not an available spirit. And I mean, she got on board. She ended up getting on the team. It it was all good in the end, but I want to challenge us today to have an available spirit. There's some times where where we may have to step into some things that that we, we would prefer not to do, but God's calling us to do. You know, a lot of times when you see a problem, you're the answer. A lot of times God will give you the eyes and the heart for a problem because he's given you the ability to answer the problem. We just have to be available. We have to be willing to say, I'll go, I'll do it. I'm calling us to have a renewed passion for availability. You know, the opportunity is all around us. The question is, are we making ourselves available to it? It's all around us. So three things. We're gonna have a renewed passion for community. We're gonna have a renewed passion for unity, and we're gonna have a renewed passion for availability. I wanna leave you with this one last thought before we go today. We're all about mission here at City Hills Church. We're all focused on mission and what God has for us and moving ahead. But I I wanna encourage you with this scripture today, and it's found in Ephesians 2 and 10. It says this, it says, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work that we better get doing. God's created work and he's he's moving in our world. He's moving in our city. He's moving in our community. From the city to the hills, God is moving and he wants us to join him in that work. He wants us to come alongside of him as co-laborers to build his kingdom. And here's the challenge. We got to get to doing it. 
as we step back in to, to being able to go into our city and out of quarantine and into a new season, whatever that may look like, we have to have a renewed passion for God's purposes. We have to be willing to step alongside of him and help build his kingdom. There's so many people that we're gonna come to encounter in the coming months, not knowing their stories of what, what's come from this season, but we're gonna be able to come alongside them and, and offer them an opportunity to meet God and know God in a real and relevant way. And I believe that as we do that, they'll be able to, to join into that community, that passion that we have for community. They'll be able to join into it and they'll find freedom like never before. And after they find freedom, they're gonna discover their purpose. God made them on purpose and for a purpose. And I believe those people are gonna find that. And I believe after that, they're gonna be able to turn around and join us to make a difference. The question is, is are we gonna be there to make that difference? So I wanna challenge you with that today. Let me, let me pray for you as we go. I wanna pray for two people. First off, I wanna pray for you if you're ready to join in. If you're asking God today, God, I don't wanna be trans, I don't wanna to conform to my situation. I don't wanna conform to the things around me, but I wanna be renewed. I wanna be transformed by your word, by your presence. Let me pray for you today if that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed. God, today we come to you and we ask you, God, to renew our minds. Renew our passion for your purpose. God, I pray that you would light a fire in us so bright and so big, God, that it would consume everything around us, God, that we would, that we would be able to step into the purposes, into the work that you're already doing in our community, God. I pray that you would, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, God, that, that you would show us that opportunity, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and, and God, a mouth to be able to share the good news. God, I pray right now that you would move in our hearts, move on city hills, God. Bless us, God. May your favor go before us, leading us, guiding us. We need you more now than ever. And then the second group of people I want to pray for today is maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, man, I want, I want to. I don't know that I've ever renewed my mind. I don't know that I've ever given my life to Christ. Or, or maybe you're sitting there thinking, you know, I did a long time ago, but I've, I've kind of gone my own way. I've kind of done my own thing. And today I want to come back home. And I want to be able to pray for you today. If that's you, just say this prayer with me. God, today, today I give you my life. Today, I call you the, the savior of my life. I believe that you died and you raised to life again for my sins. You paid the ultimate sacrifice that I could never pay. And today I make you Lord of my life. I give it all to you. I've gone my own way long enough. Today, I put you in the driver's seat, God. And I pray for that. And, and I believe today that if you prayed that prayer, God, God's coming alongside you. It says, if you would say with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And I believe so many people are celebrating with you today if you said that. And so I wanna encourage us today, church, as, as we step out of this and we go into our week, renew your mind. Let's step into it with all we have. In Jesus' name, amen.